amazing. So um, last week, we did a, uh, a coaching session on, on prayer. And so the, the outcome of that was uh, we had people at, at the end of the 8.30 service uh, come on up, and some people came up and, and received prayer. It was really uh, a very, very sweet thing uh, to see happen. And some of the, the needs that were, were expressed, I can't, can't disclose those to you because it just wouldn't be right, but the needs were, were simply extraordinary. People like just at the end of their resources and to be able to, to say to them, and, and this will come out in the teaching this morning, to be able to say to them that there's hope because there's Christ. And there's hope because you're taking a step towards him and not a step away from him. And so we get to, um, to pray for people at that level uh, to encourage them um, in the Lord. And this morning, last week we did a, a group coaching session. <laughs> and this week we want to do a, a group counseling session. So hang on. There should be some seat belts in your seat area there. But um, uh, and part of that, uh, to help you a little bit, is that uh, especially if you have um, children, you might, might want to get a copy of the notes. I think Jack's going to uh, bring them around if you want a copy, if you have children. Um, Personally, and uh, so this this is we're in the we're in the cone of silence now. I, I don't know what to do about the live stream, but you know, don't share this up beyond you know. But um, you know, for years and years, I uh, personally, you know, have suffered from um, you know just this uh, seasonal melancholiness that comes over me. Uh, from from time to time, and um, it's a lot less now that I live on the ocean, because I have a lot more what? I have a lot more light. Like for most of my adult life, I lived in Pinehurst, and Pinehurst is a great place. I had extraordinary neighbors that would just you know do anything for you. But they had these 100-foot pine trees. And so, like, the sun would set, like, in the winter, the sun sets at what, 2 o'clock now? <laughs> the sun, it would be noontime, and I'd be like, oh, it's probably time to go get melancholy and listen to 102.5 and just, you know, learn about my dog dying and my pickup truck won't work and, you know. Don't <laughs> So, so if that's you, you might want to get a you might want to get a copy of these the, these notes because we get we're gonna do uh, it says celebrating Advent, but there's a there's a little bit of spin on it uh, this morning, and 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 I hope that uh, it not only ministers to you but will equip you. So here's the the coaching part of it. It will equip you to help other people that are 
that are coming in here, just like they did at 8.30, and, and just most likely there's someone here uh, this morning that, that this is going to be a real pivot point um, in their life. And so uh, a second miracle that's going to happen here today is that I'm actually going to follow my notes, which, <laughs> which, which many times afterwards I hear like, like, why did you even bother writing them? I mean, you didn't, you didn't even use them. I said, well, they're, they're for me, you know, um, but, uh, but I'm actually going to use them uh, today to, uh, in a purposeful way to help equip us. Uh, so let's pray. Uh, and then we'll begin. How's that sound? Oh, before we begin, why don't you turn, uh, give you a, uh, a couple verses to go to so you're ready. Uh, why don't you go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 5. Uh, we're going to look at that verse uh, as part of our introduction. And then if you'd go to Ephesians chapter 4, uh, uh, verse 17, uh, we're going to use that as part of our uh, introduction also. And so let's pray together uh, and then we'll begin. Father, we thank you for this morning. We pray, Lord, that uh, this morning this could be a pivot point in, in the hearts, in the lives of uh, folks that are listening at home or, or, or those that are with us this morning, that this Christmas season um, it could be different, Lord. And Lord, that you would help us to minister to our own hearts, yes. But Lord, that you would equip us as a, as a group of peoples that when our, our neighbors are struggling or, or when the person in the same row that we're in on Sunday morning is struggling, that Lord, that you would give us a grid uh, for how to really help people take, take a step forward uh, in their lives, Lord. So help us to be good helpers, Lord, I ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, your notes are titled Celebrating Advent. And um, if you didn't notice, we're at Calvary Chapel. And... Uh, we have people that come from other Calvary chapels that I've done similar teachings over the years, and, the, and they come in and they, they say this, what? What's Advent? I said, it's about the arrival of Jesus the first time. And they said, we don't do that here. I said, yes, we do. <laughs> because we celebrate the first coming of Christ, his, the historical event where God the Father, out of his great love for us, sends the Son to be a propitiation for us. And then they go, what's that word? It's in the Bible in several places in 1 John 2 and uh, chapter 4. But, you know, we celebrate that while we look forward to the second advent. We celebrate his first arrival, and we celebrate and look forward to that, as Titus says, that blessed hope, the second coming of Jesus Christ and the consummation of the age. We celebrate that. 
And when we celebrate that, it brings us, it brings us a lot of happiness. It brings us a sense of who we are in Jesus Christ. What we're going to do again this year for the, I don't know, the 35th year, is we're going to celebrate our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at, over the next several weeks, we're going to look at four specific areas to grow in. We're going to look at hope. We're going to look at love. We're going to look at joy. And we're going to look at, what's the fourth one? We're going to look at peace. These four areas of growth are the remedy for the cultural stressors and the cultural expectations that are put on us during the season of what? Christmas. Come on, we don't use the word Advent, do we? But during the season of Christmas. And so these four areas that we're going to look at, hope, love, joy, and peace, they're the remedy for depression, relational conflict, the anxiety that comes with the season of the day. And our culture right now continually produces a sense of desperation, a, a sense of anxiety uh, in our midst, and you could read the front page. I don't, I don't know if it's good for your emotional health, but you could read the front page of the Boston Globe and see that we move from crisis to crisis to crisis, and there's no, there's no space. And so how do we process that as Christians? Well, the first thing we could take a look at before we get to those two scripture verses is that the first thing we're going to look at is hope. And the source of hope is who? Is Jesus Christ. And because we have hope in Jesus, and because our confidence is based upon the historical intervention of God in history, which is the first advent, because we have confidence in, in his intervention in history and sending the Son and the fulfillment of the prophetic word all through the Old Testament, we don't have to worry and have anxiety about the future because our future is secured because of our hope and confidence in Christ. And we can say this from Romans 8. Ooh, we got a Baptist in our midst. Romans 8.32 he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And you know the text well, Romans 8, 28 through the end of the chapter. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall angelic beings separate us? No. Shall things present, not things to come separate us? No. Shall life and death separate us? What? No, nothing shall separate us from the love that we have in Jesus Christ. Nothing. And so we have a hope that is secure and anchored in Christ. So if we have that, here's the counseling session. Why do, why do we still suffer with anxiety about the future? Why, why do some of us struggle with melancholy, and that's the light side of it, 
why do some of us suffer with depression, which can translate into all kinds of issues in our life, such as self-medication, through drug abuse or alcohol abuse, and uh, for you ex-hippies, smoking weed is part of that. I had one guy try to convince me that smoking weed was like holy lettuce. Like, Christina, do you remember that guy? The Lord's lettuce. And I, he and I had to share a meaning. <laughs> When he found out I was a pastor, what did he? he, got a Christian he yeah, he got Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a funny story. But what, where's the disconnect from appropriating those things? The disconnect is twofold. Those are the two scripture verses. The first disconnect is we, we let our minds run wild rather than taking and using our free will to capture our thoughts and bring them before the Lord and his word and allow the word of God to renew our mind and to change our thinking. I, I worked for CBN for a while, and I ran their, their counseling center, and I worked for Ben Kinchlow, and Ben Kinchlow had this, had this phrase at CBN, no stinking thinking, because it affects all of your disposition, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Second Corinthians chapter 10, look at verse 5. Now, let me give you the context of this. 2 Corinthians 10.5 is about spiritual warfare. That your thinking, your, your mindfulness, your thought processes are a target, and the target towards your thoughts comes from the enemy himself. Comes from your own sin, too but it also comes from the enemy. And so when our thoughts go wild, when we feel like this, it's hopeless. Nothing can, nothing can help me. It's like this morning, the people that I personally prayed for this morning, I, I, I can't, nothing, nothing can help me. Nothing's working. When the, when, when the gloom, when the gloom is like the fog, the pea soup fog where you can't see beyond your, your hand, and if you've not ever been in fog like that, it is extraordinary. Living on the coast, I experienced it. And I said, whoa, I'm staying home. It just rolls in. You know the feeling. It just, it rolls in and it, and it, it envelops you. There is a battle. And we have free will. 
Here's the instruction, part one, from the Lord. We'll get to part two, which is the Ephesians text. Part one, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Let's begin with verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Okay, so the context is spiritual warfare. Verse 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and do what? Say it with me. Okay, now. Now that you've, you, you see, like in coaching, it's all about repetition. You show, you know, you demonstrate it for your player, you give them the opportunity to do it, and then you let them play it in a game situation. You don't get involved as a coach. You let them work it out. So I've shared it with you. You've had a chance to practice. Can you do it on your own? And take... We're never going to get to the playoffs like this. It's just not going to, it's just not going to happen. You have to participate. I, I, this is the pivot. This is the pivot verse that will determine what's going to take place as you, as you move towards Christmas. Whether you, you will do that. And some of us are so hardwired towards melancholy and depression that it's work. You have to work at it. Like when I was growing up as a boy, my mother loved Eddie Arnold. He had these little discs, plastic discs, put them on this little turntable, play them at 45, and music came out. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing. Matter of fact, my, my understanding is Taylor Swift just released like those 45s, but the kids were playing it on 33. And, the, and, and this is a real report. And they, they, they said, why does Taylor Swift sound like a man? And, and they had to be told, you've got to play it at 45. So when I was a boy, I listened to Eddie Arnold over and over and over again. And the same record, make the world go away. Get it off. My shoulders say the things you used to say and make the world go away. I mean, they let Alex on the worship team. I mean, there's got to be a place for me, right? You guys are out of control. The people at home are going, we're going to another channel. But folks, if we, if we give our thoughts over to that, rather than, let's look at the part, part B, come with me to, to Ephesians, if you would, chapter 4, we could, uh, let's begin with verse 17, now this I say, this is the Apostle Paul, now this I say and testify in the Lord 
that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. And here's the operative phrase. In the futility of what? Of their minds. Why do the Gentiles walk in futility in their thinking? Is because they are untethered from what? They're untethered from Christ and they're untethered from the revelation of Christ, which is the word of God. And so when we, when we allow our minds to be untethered from scriptural truth, they will go where they will go wherever they wherever they will go, and most of the time it ain't good. And so personally for me, when my when my disposition is to turn on Eddie Arnold in my mind, or 102.5. When my disposition is to do that, that's when I need to say, no, you can't go there because you'll land here. And so what do you do? What are some strategies you can use? Well, one is to have good self-awareness and know that you do that and don't deny it. Like a, like. Like if, you, like if you have a steady diet of country music, here's the themes. My dog has died. My woman's left me. My pickup won't start. And I am a mess. Where's my Bud Light? Right? Can't go anywhere. So you have to own your stuff. Some very practical things. Memorize scripture. Let the word of God inform you who you are, who you belong to. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Think good thoughts. Align your thought life with the word of God. Second thing. Third thing. If you have a spouse or a friend that will listen to you empathetically and ask good diagnostic questions, share your heart and your stuff with your friend and ask them to do what for you? Pray for you, yes. Point, point you back to Jesus. Some of these things, like in my world, in my heart, have deep roots. I know, I, know where they, <laughs> I know where they've come from. And sometimes it's helpful to have someone that's skilled, like a real Christian, a born-again Christian who loves Jesus and loves God's word, but is trained to do great diagnostic work. Find that type of counselor and let them help find the root and bring God's healing to it. And lastly, don't separate yourself from God's people. Like, one of the things I heard this morning when I was praying for folks is, is uh, 
Alex, you just put your hands over Ben's ears so his head won't get too big. But, oh, I just, I, I just, I just love that young man up there. His hillbilly stuff, I can't really stand. But the joy that comes out. Like, there's a tendency in our church, here's the way it goes. So this is a I mean, it's group counseling, right? So my buddy Steve Skinner used to always love doing group counseling. I said, I know why you love doing group counseling. So instead of getting one fee, you get 15. <laughs> here's the dynamic on Sunday mornings. God's doing a special thing each and every Sunday morning. Do you want to be a part of it? And when you come in, we, we, we love people here, and we want to pray for people, and we do. But if you find someone that comes through the door, the best place you can point them is, I'll pray for you after the meeting. And let the Holy Spirit use the worship. Let the Holy Spirit use the Word of God. Let the Holy Spirit use the Lord's table. Let the Holy Spirit use the prayers of the Beloved over the saints. That's why the Bible says, forsake not, what? The gathering of the assembly together. Because God uses all of our gifts. I mean, I just believe in God that singing Eddie Island this morning was so redemptive that it's just, I mean, I think someone might have got saved in that moment. Way to speak life. Amen. Let's look at these four areas that we're going to look at over the next few weeks. Hope, the source of hope is Jesus Christ. Therefore, we can resist excessive anxiety about the future and rest in the promises of God. A good proof text for that comes out of Romans 8.32. We've already mentioned it. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all that we need for life and godliness this side of heaven? And so our resource is a person, and it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Secondly, the source of love is God, because here's your Sunday school lesson for today, for God is love. And so if we know that he manifested this love in his son, we can resist the tendency to be selfish and self-centered, but recognize that we have been, been loved with a sacrificial love. We have been forgiven and accepted, not because of works, but because of God's grace. And we're in a position to give that love to other people. John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And so the remedy for the cultural assault upon us is Jesus Christ, the hope that he gives us, the love that he gives us, the joy that he gives us. And the joy that he gives us is a gift of the Holy Spirit if we will do two things. If we will take the thoughts captive if we will take the thoughts captive that lead us away from him, and if we will 
oh, I don't think we ever got to Ephesians 4, 17, but to put off the old man, right? And put on the new man. And when we do that, I can stand before you today and say that there is no situation in your life that the Holy Spirit is unable to bring about joy in your life. There is none. And if you will step into who we are in Christ, you will find that joy. Friday night, Nancy and I went to visit Dot Perello's mom, Bev Convery. She's in a hospice home in Reading. And we went in and she has Alzheimer's. We went in there, and I said, Hi, it's Eddie from Medford. And she looked at Nancy and goes, I like you. I, I, I'm so glad you came. And I'm like, but, I, but it's Eddie, you know, from Medford. <laughs> and I said, you know, we're just so grateful for what you've done in my life, and we just want to you know, come and spend a few minutes with you. And she goes, well, I like that. You can keep on talking now. I said, can we pray for you? She goes, I think I could need that. I think I need that. And, and it was sweet. It's sweet. You know, it's always, if you can, it's always good to say goodbye to a person before they leave for heaven. Then we, we walked two doors down and went into a room, and that's where Jan died. But there is no overwhelming grief. There was joy in remembering that moment where all her grandbabies were around her. And we were all singing these old hillbilly songs from Virginia that made her happy. And there was joy. God can intervene in your life because he loves you. He wants to bring you hope and he wants to give you a gift, his joy so that you can have peace in your life. Just the last one. We all know the theological definition. Peace is not just the cessation of hostilities, but it is the shalom of God. Knowing that all is right. Because you have been justified Pronounce not guilty, not because of your works, but by grace through faith in a person, Jesus Christ. You will find in our day and our time folks at the end of their resources. But there's Jesus. 
And he is our hope, our love, our joy, and our peace. I hope that you will journey with us as we look at his first coming, his first arrival, as we nurture that blessed hope in his second coming. In closing, there's some practical suggestions in your note, but I only want to point out one this morning. And I tried to find the right word at 8.30, exhort, encourage, and I, I just came down to one, which was beg. I beg you, if you have children, to have family dinners, to put your children around a dinner table and make that a commitment as much as possible. And celebrate Jesus, the reason not to be trite. To celebrate Jesus, the reason for the season. You know, I know little boys really well. And I have not yet met a little boy who doesn't like fire. (laughs) And it may not be your background, your history. It was not mine. But to have that time of family dinner where you pray and have an Advent wreath and sing a Christmas carol. I mean, if I can get away singing Eddie Arnold on Sunday morning, you can certainly give joy to the world a try, right? And your kiddos, they'll eat it up. I have two undergraduate degrees. One's in sociology and one's in criminology. Sociology degree wasn't that helpful. Criminology has been very helpful over the years. Deals with sin and deviance. <laughs> and study after study, when I was going through school, we look at recidivism rates. You know, people that get incarcerated and then re, re, re-offend and end up going back to the lockup. And study after study, they, they found one thing that was missing in all of the folks that would get sent back to jail. You know that one thing was? No family dinners. No mom and dad gathered around the table with them. You can make a real difference in your kiddos' lives by simply sitting them around the table. And I, I, I know it can be chaotic. I know it can but as you work at it, as they get older, you'll shape and mold their hearts towards Jesus Christ. Around a a family meal. Isn't it interesting how God had the same heart